So, Mirat Hashem, continue in our limud of the Piaget and the Sefer Bnei Achshava Tova. Just to thank our sponsors for tonight. To thank Steve was and Mr. Zwani for both. Uh, Mr. Zwani. To thank Mr. Galaskov and Mr. Zwani for dedicating for sponsoring the Mashke this evening. A tremendous yashakvach. Thank you. Always a very special thank you to Tzvi. I'll say again. I can't say it enough. You know, Tzvi does this on his own. Each and every, uh, each each and every week, and uh, if you notice, by the way, the offering changes each and every week. Like it's not like we get the same thing. You could be choshesh that there was leftover. He froze it. He this not mamish. You know, literally again, the, the the menu varies each each and every year. Just for the record, I just want to set it straight. It's not chili. It's just very liquidy chalent. Uh, I just I feel I feel it's important. I feel it's important to set the record. Shade can't have a high mission cheer with uh, with chili. Ramsey, thank you, thank you. Really, week in week out, everything is so beautiful, so wonderful, so delicious. So thank you very much. And also, so we wish a mazel tov to Baruch Fischl on the birth of his grandson Baruch Hashem, whose bris will merit Hashem be this coming Shabbos. Shabbos shuvah b'shalat tovah mitzlachos. We wish a mazel tov to Rabbi Chaim Spiro on the occasion of the birth of his grandson Baruch Hashem. Chaim, when's the bris? Tuesday? Thursday. B'sha'a tova u'metzlachas. Mazel tov, mazel tov. Thursday. What time? What time? I want to, what's, is there an omelet station? That's an omelet. So really, so, so beautiful, Baruch Hashem, to see the beginning of the new year and the beautiful simchas together. And of course, I will say, you know, we also, we dedicate our learning tonight in the, in the schos of all of those who, in Florida, 
who, you know, are now going to, it, it's overwhelming to see, and it's such an incredible musr to be able to see in these opening days of Rosh Hashanah, you know, we'll say in Nisana Tokef, so we speak about, again, Mi Baraash, who's, who's going to die in an earthquake, and who's, we see natural disasters, and it's an incredible thing because nothing humbles a person more than natural disasters. You know, because we, we, we advance, right? We advance, and, and we, we have this account. We can reach the moon, right? We can reach the moon. We can reach beyond the moon, right? We, we could see into distant galaxies, and yet amazingly enough, just when the wind goes a certain way, right? And, and the ocean turns a certain way, it's man realizes how little control he ultimately has. You know, someone sent me a video. Someone who I know who lives in Cape Coral sent me a video right outside of his house, um, flood waters. There was in the cop. There was a shark. There was a shark. Right, so right, 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 right in front of like oh, not like a big shark, not like Jaws proportions, but you know. But, you know, but I, I'm just saying, you, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, we, we all know that Hashem runs the world, but the moment that you see that the natural order is disrupted in such a dramatic way, it highlights to us how profoundly reliant we are on Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And I think that the full scope of this devastation is really only going to become apparent in the coming days. You know, now they're just starting to answer 911 calls. Yesterday, I had a conversation today with uh, Noah Tzolo, and then he was there today, or yesterday, and uh, I had, had, you know, I had to speak to someone who was involved with it over there, and he cut the conversation because he says, I just got a call from somebody who said they can't find their mother. So it's incredible. Me by my, it's it's the the whole the whole thing. And the, the truth is, and right now, all we see are the videos and the images. But the truth is, the true scope of the devastation will unfold over the coming days and coming weeks. So we just hope that Amir Tzashem and Kaddish Baruch Hu will just provide Yeshua. Kaddish Baruch Hu and Amir Tzashem will give. All of the residents of Florida, the incredible, the incredible chizuk, the incredible strength to be able to quite literally weather this storm, and hopefully be able to rebuild in the weeks, in the months, and in the years to come. So, also with that, let us let us begin. Let's continue. Yanis and Shka, wow, Shka, wow, incredible, incredible. Second course is now served. Right, this is Yanis uh, and thank you. Wow, beautiful. Competition. Right, is that, are those yours? <laughs> oh, the Sionison. Wow. Okay. All right. So we'll say so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if those can, they appear too quickly. Listen, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll say so. Let uh, I, the Piaget's not doesn't stand a chance against egg rolls. It's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. We're gonna wait. We're gonna pause. We're gonna take a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's, true. it's true. The Piagets would give people time to get their egg rolls. It's very true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so we'll say, let's, uh, let's begin soon. No, Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So we'll say, let's, uh, let's begin. So we are picking up, actually, I want to pick up a little bit. We, we had actually gotten a little bit into Ostalid last week, but I'd like, to, I'd like to pick up from there again. So again, if you're following along in the Sefer or even on the handout, it's page 13. It's page 13. Oh, Stalin. So we'll say, so remember again, the Piaget's name member again has been describing this idea, has been describing this idea that our entire goal, right? Our entire goal is the ability to establish this clarity of thought. Clarity of thought. Was, you know, David, David Schwartz was just telling me, for those of you who are learning Mesilas Yesharim with us, and if you're not learning Mesilas Yesharim with us, it's Kedai to get on board. Tomorrow we begin the second parak. And amazingly enough, the second parak is Zihiros, which is mindfulness. Which is mindfulness. So David was remarking, and it's really true, that you know, when, you be, when you begin to learn the, 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 the great Svarim, you begin to see that the concepts really all align. They're, right, they're packaged in different ways. They're aligned, in, right? they're presented in different ways. But ultimately, again, all incredibly profound. So we'll say, so let's go. Oh, Stalin. So ask the Piagetzna. So now that we've established, I will say that, that what's the goal? Remember again, I will say if we, if we go back to the beginning of this chapter, 
right? What's, what's the goal? Remember, we're forming this Chabura. So right now, again, we're a larger Chabura. Our goal is, I really thought we were going to finish this Sefer over Elul. Then, okay, then I said, fine, maybe over Tishrei. Now I'm thinking Adar. Other bays, right? Hopefully, we'll declare another leap yet, right? I call my face, all right? Okay, whatever, it's fine. So, so, right now, remember again, this is our larger Chabura. Of course, our goal is Emir Sashem, once we finish this Sefer, to branch off into smaller Chaburas and literally become a Chabura of Bnei Mach Shavatov. And what's our goal? Our goal is to create a Chabura that is there to create a sense of clarity, of mindfulness. And the Piyajatna explained that the greatest mistakes we make in life is because of Shechacha, because we forget, we lose our way, right? We, we lose our clarity. We lose our clarity. So the Piyajatna writes over here in Ostalid, why is it that clarity of mind, why is it so difficult? Remember again, I will say, j- just to go back a little bit, right? So remember again, we, the Piyajatna really, we haven't, we haven't really seen what clarity of mind actually means just yet. But, here, but here's what we know. We know that a clarity of mind, we know what a clarity of mind creates, right? Let's take a step back. What happens when you have clarity of mind? What do you have? What do you have? God awareness. God awareness. Excellent. Right? Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Summit. So I don't know yet exactly what that clarity of mind means, but I know that once I get it, I live my life in a perpetual state of Shivisi Hashem, the Negdi Semit, God awareness. And in the words of Piyajetzna, with clarity of mind and God awareness, what happens? I don't serve Hashem as a servant. Rather, how do I serve Hashem? As a son. Excellent. So that now, so now I, I, I know what it is that I'm working towards. So says the Piyajetzna, so why is this clarity of mind so difficult? Why is it so difficult? Ostalit. Why do most of us not possess, he calls it this machshava chazaka, this strength of thought, the strength of thought, this clarity of mind. So remember again, last week's shir, so we dispelled a very important, a very important, commonly, commonly misheld truth. It wasn't good English, you should understand what I mean. In other words, that, that machshava is intellect. So remember again, the Piyajetna dispelled that. Machshav is not intellect. Intellect is intellect. Seichel is intellect. Machshav has nothing to do with intellect. So machshav has nothing to do with your memory or with your intellectual prowess, your ability to analyze or decide. Machshav has nothing to do with that. Remember, you're going to both say, well, according to the Piyajetna, what's machshava? Remember how he defined it? Emuna pshuta. Emuna pshuta. Machshav is just simple emuna. Right? Rakim emuna pshuta ma'ashem anudar shemata. Clarity of thought, this mindfulness, this, this, this awareness that the Piyajetzin is describing has nothing to do with intellect, right? Nothing to do with intellect but rather it's just a muna pshuta, so then why is it so difficult? See, I will say, if you tell me it's intellect, then I can understand why it's difficult. Why? Why? Because not everybody has one. I will say, you know, this is a very important thing. Not everybody is a deep thinker. Right? This isn't a... Pro- in other words, and again, understand, that's not a pigam. That's not, you know, I, I, was, I, I was in a meeting today uh, related to a particular st- a student meeting, and one of the teachers was saying that this particular student, what was the word? He, he doesn't have depth. Doesn't have depth. So I, was, so I was surprised to hear a teacher refer to a student like that, but I said, like, okay, what, what, what do you mean a student doesn't have depth? He's not an intellectual. I said, so one second. Don't say he doesn't have depth. I'm not an intellectual. I like to think that I have depth. Because depth, one of, the, one of the manifestations of depth could be your intellect. But even a person who's not intellectual at all could be a very deep person. I could be deep because of emotions. I could be deep because of feelings. I could be deep because of so many things. So the Ramchal, I'm sorry, the Ramchal. So, so the Piyajetzna says, I don't understand. Why is Mahshava so difficult? If you told me it was intellect, okay, not everybody has intellect, fine, right? Pinchas, I think there's a show over here for you. Hey, so at the end, this, if you tell me ultimately again, you don't want to miss out on the on the buffet. So I'm just uh, <laughs> hey, so <laughs> yes. 
So I'll say, so, so ultimately, again, if you tell me that it's intellect, if you tell me that it's intellect, so I can hear why it's so difficult. But Lamais it's not intellect. So if it's not intellect, it's just Amuna Pshuta. I will say, again, the reason why Amuna Pshuta is called Amuna Pshuta is why? Is why? Because Bipashtas, anyone could have it. It's Pashat, right? Pashat means simple. Simple Amuna means that even independent of my intellectual acumen or lack thereof, I have the ability to have it. So why is Machshava Tova so difficult? Balama Te'adir, I will say page 14, second line down. Page 14. Balama the Piyajnet says, well, say, who are we? Who are we? We are the descendants of prophets. Right? We are B'nai Nevi'im. We are B'nai Nevi'im. So, we'll say, which means we hail from significant stock. Right? We come, each of us, each of us, this doesn't make, this doesn't, even if you can't trace on your family tree to a particular Navi, to a particular Rebbe, to a particular Gadol, all of us hail from great people. We're all children of Avram, Yitzchak. Yaakov, Sarif, Karach, and Leah. We're all children. So we have these spiritual abilities. So why is it so difficult? And says the Piaget. So we read this piece last week a little bit, but I did it quickly. So I want to start from here again. Piaget gives a very simple answer. Pashit. Hu. Mipnei shilo hishtamish va'avad bokeroi. Both say it's very simple, says the Piaget. Do you know why we don't have, you know why we don't have machshava tovo? You know why we don't have strong machshava clarity of thought? Because we don't use the ability. We don't use the ability. We don't exercise our machshava. I don't exercise my emuna pshuta. I don't exercise creating a sense and a state of mindful awareness of the ribono shel olam. So you know what the PHS is going to say? Like any other thing that you don't exercise, what happens? What happens? It atrophies. It atrophies. He goes on, he says, This is same with any physicality. If you have a right, you have a particular muscle, if you don't flex the muscle, exercise the muscle, ultimately it atrophies. It atrophies. So that's number one. So it says the Biajetna. Do you want to know why? And I will say it's it's interesting because I have spoken with a number of the members of the show over the course of the week. And what's interesting is you could translate the words of the Piagetzna, but to kind of like wrap your head around what he's talking about sometimes is a little bit elusive. But it's so strange. What's the only thing he's talking about? He's just talking about clarity of thought. Clarity of thought. Mindful awareness of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in everything in life. Also, I have to tell you something. The concept is not rocket science. The concept is not rocket science. So why do we have so much difficulty wrapping our head around it? That's the answer to the question. Is that because we don't practice it? <laughs> so if you don't practice it, if I don't utilize this skill set, no different than if I stop practicing my foul shot, chances are, right, when the big game comes, I'm probably not going to make the basket because I haven't practiced. Anything you don't practice, by definition, falls into a state of atrophy. Not only that, he says, Velod, Elakivan Shebegufa Vechushav, who Oved Vaoses Tzrachav, Listen to this. So failure to exercise machshava, by definition, leads, leads me to machshava atrophy. That by itself is bad. What compounds it? While at the same time, I'm not exercising my machshava, right? My mindfulness, my clarity of thought, right? What's happening on the other end? On the other end, the guf is being exercised, right? The physical, the material is being exercised, is being amplified. So now, now I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, harming the, I'm harming the machshava on two levels. Number one, it's atrophying because I'm not exercising it. Number one, it's constantly being battered because the guf, the body, is trying to take center stage and become the dominant peace in my life. So you have these two forces. There's the, so there's machshava atrophy, and then there's this fact that while the neshama is not being exercised, the guf is being exercised. I, I don't mean like in a literal sense, but I mean like, like dominance or, or not dominance is the wrong word. Emphasis is being placed on the physical. Emphasis is being placed on the material. So that's being strengthened. That's being strengthened. Yet again, the machshava is not. So these are the two issues. These are the two issues ultimately that make 
achieving a state of machshava so incredibly difficult. So incredibly difficult. Now we'll say, here the Piagesta says something fascinating. He says, Ubadavar Kazeh. So therefore we'll say, ultimately again, Ubadavar Kazeh, Mishtam Shem Gam Harofin Lachlosh Ha'atzavim Shiniskalkala Benispagla Machshavto. All right, so, so we have Dr. Solomon with us, so we'll have to see something very interesting here. So the Piagetza says like this. So mental health, <coughs> mental health, right? Mental health practitioner, says the Piagetza, if someone is suffering, if someone is suffering, what he calls atzavim. We'll say, what's atzavim? Sad. Right? Sadness. But, so clinically, what would that be? Depression. Depression. Or atzavim also, even in modern Hebrew, could also be anxiety. Anxiety. So someone is suffering from depression or anxiety. So at least again, at least again in the early 1900s in Piazetsna and Piazetsna, Poland, how would they treat such a person? This is fascinating. He says, I'm sorry? They were no right. First of all, most people are probably like that, right? I'm saying when you live with the specter of like what was going on there, right? You were just, you were just number 10 for the minion. Right? So, 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 so listen to this. So the Piazetsna says, this is fascinating. Miyatsim also, l'shamesh rak bekoach gufo below machshava. I will say, what do we tell a person who's suffering from anxiety or a person ultimately, again, who's suffering from depression? We tell them ultimately, think less. Think less. Try to turn off your machshava. Try to turn off your machshava. Now, both say, it's very easy to say, turn off your machshava to a person who's fine, right? right? I, I, I'm fine. Person suffering from anxiety, stop being anxious. Stop, stop being anxious, right? Stop. Who said this to me? Oh, right. I, I said this over, I said this over at my uh, pre-Rosh Hashanah shir. It's talking about the concept of just stop it. There's some things in life we could just, we could just stop if we choose. So I got, I know where people sent me the clip. Who was it, guy? Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart, right? When he played, he played the therapist. He, it was old school, right? He played the therapist. He played the therapist who's uh, said, I'll cure whatever you need to cure in three minutes. And he just, he kept screaming, stop it. Stop it. Right? So I'll say, so, so it's interesting. Some, something to it. Right? So I'll say, so now listen. So the Piazza says something amazing. He says at least the way, what, now you have to understand deeper what he's saying is like this. That sometimes what happens is when a person is suffering from anxiety or depression, so at the end of the day, the only thing in their way is themselves, right? And, and is the reality that's happening in their head. Now, of course, again, this, there, there, it's a condition. It's a matzov. So for this person, this is the reality. So the Piaget says, times what we try to condition a person to do is to stop focusing on the thoughts which make you anxious. Stop focusing on this... Refocus. Well, refocus, yeah. refocus. You know what I've seen this done often uh, is also by OCD. By OCD, right? You're, 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 you're hyper-focused on the, the hand-washing, on the hand-washing, right? What, what, how, how can we take your mind off that? Right, that's a better idea, right? Refocus. So we'll say, so it says what the PHS is saying is, what, what do we try to get a person to do? We try to get a person to go ahead and dull their kohachamachshava. So in the Piagetzna's mental health model, how do you dull, right? Think less and focus more on your actions, right? So focus less on what you're thinking and go ahead and focus more on what you're doing. And says the Piagetzna, and I will say, so what is the de facto result of that? The de facto result of that is the Koach HaMach Shava is weakened. That, that, that's, that's the de facto result. So says the Piagetzna, that's what happens to us all the time in life. In other words, we're not exercising machshava. I'm, I'm not exercising that power. Therefore, by definition, that atrophies. Concurrently, again, I'm placing emphasis on the physical, on the material. So that's getting stronger. So the machshava is literally pounded from both ends, right? Machshava is atrophied and the guf is becoming stronger. He goes on. And therefore, again, the Piazetsna says, that's why the first step in our avoda is going to be the most difficult one. Because what's the first step, Rabbi Osei? The first step is, and this is, is his Lashnovir is so beautiful. Tzrichim Pashit, you have to simply, what you have to do is, Lahotzi, to go ahead and like bring to life, Ulagalos, to reveal, Banu within ourselves, Machshava, Chazaka, what I have to birth is a brand new machshava or a brand new paradigm of machshava. Now, we don't know what that means yet. 
I, I, I don't know what, what that means, or for that matter, I don't know how you do it. But sometimes they're both saying, you know, sometimes in life you have to know, we spoke about this last week also, sometimes you have to know what your goal is, right? You have to know what it is that you need to do, even before you know exactly how you're going to accomplish it. So now that I know that the reason I have such difficulty with machshava, both say, which is, isn't it incredible? Isn't it incredible over here? We're not talking about like, how could I become better in, you know, Hilchos Shabbos, Hilchos Lashen Hara. You know, it's just not, you know, he's talking about over here like, how do I reach a level where I think about God? I don't think about God enough. Forget, forget, about, forget about the mitzvahs for a second. For Chazshom, not forget, but I'm saying, place it on the side. You know, for, forget, about, forget about mechanistic or behavioral Yiddishkeit. We're talking about Judaism 101, which is to have an awareness of Hashem in every step I take in life. And says the Piyashas, isn't it incredible? I can learn Daf Yomi every single day, right? And God finish us, right? I could do Mishnah Yomi, I could learn Mishnah Yomi, I could keep this mitzvah, keep that, enhance my observation. I could do all this stuff. And you know what I struggle with most? You know what I struggle with most? Thinking about God. Isn't that wild? Isn't that absolutely wild? Meanwhile, who am I doing, who am I doing all this stuff for? Right? And I'll, be, I'll impress my wife. Right? What, 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 what am I? What, what am I? So, so in other words, it, but I will say, but it's so true. It's so true. Give me a meseches ksuvis. All right, not man. I, I could, I could, I could go through that block by block. No problem. You want me to have God awareness? I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to do. Right? In other words, I, I'm not Piaget's Now you're gonna, you're gonna hold my hand through this, right? Because. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to transition from being a servant to a son. But says the Piagetsna, that's why the first step in this process is like this burst, this burst of machshava. Somehow, I have to take the atrophied koach machshava, I need to exercise it, I need to flex it, I need to retone it, and then I need it to come to light. Hundred you a question? Uh, I already wanted not to ask it. Is it not dangerous to think too much about the Oh, so good. We're going to talk about this. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I'm just saying good, right? Right. We're going to talk about, isn't there a danger in thinking too much? Again, we'll talk about analysis paralysis also. Piaget is going to talk about it. And by the way, the simple answer is like everything else in Yiddishkeit, middle ground. Middle ground, right? You can't, because remember again... If you spend your life thinking about God, right? You sit here with a tub of chili and egg rolls and, and you just, I'm thinking about Hashem. I'm thinking about Hashem, right? That's all. I'm just thinking about Hashem. So that's good for a shir on a Thursday night. If you don't have in shachris, right? And you're not learning Torah and you don't give tzedakah and you don't do chesed because you're thinking about Hashem, obviously you've missed the boat as well. But you have to do all of those things and not think about Hashem. So we're going to come out somewhere in the middle. Says the Piyashetzna, so incredible. He says, he says, He compares this to both sides. So, so really what we're going to have to do is like this burst of machshava. We're going to have to birth a brand new machshava construct for ourselves. And he gives a beautiful mashal. He says much in the same way. Kimo, that's such a beautiful mashal. The same way that we teach a little child to walk. Right? Shemargilim oso lalachas. So I will say, how do you teach a child to walk? Right? You don't say, you, right? You don't say, you're crawling, stop it. Right? Get up, get up and walk. Right? In other words, that, that Lamaisi, you teach the child to walk. Teach the child to walk. So Piaget says, thinking about Hashem is no different than walking. Right? At the end of the day, it just, it's, it's a process. It's just a process. I'll put in one more piece and we'll see this as well later on. That, that the concept also of comparing it to walking is also quite beautiful because the, you know what happens with walking? At a certain point in time, what has to happen? The parent has to let go of the child and the child, see, and it's difficult for a parent, right? Because every parent wants to hold on to their kid. The entire, I don't want my child to fall, but if I don't let go, the child can't walk. The child might fall. We're going to see in this process also, Rabosai, there, there is a piece of it that requires us to push ourselves out of our comfort zone. Right? And, and to go ahead and push ourselves into uncharted waters, or uncharted areas. And he says, there's another piece to this. We're going to see that it's not enough. See, I will say, let, let's, let's, let's kind of bring this full circle. So the Piaget says, let's go back. A little Chazara. Why do we have such problem generating Machshava Tova? Why do we have problems? Right? What, what's the reason? Why do we have problems? No. Right? Number one, right, number physicality. 
Right? We'll, we'll call that. We'll, oh, fine. Number, right? Well, number one, let's, let's keep that number two. Number one. No, right? Machshava atrophy. Machshava atrophy. Number two, the guf, right? The physical, the material becomes the dominant influence in my life. So remember again, to become a ben machshava tova, I have to address both of those dynamics. So now we're going to talk about again that I'm going to need this burst of brand new machshava. How, when, what we have to see. But at the same time, we'll say, what else do I have to do? I have to recalibrate my emphasis on the physical and on the material. That, that's part of this process also. Because if I don't weaken the physicality, and when we say weaken, we don't mean f- literally physically to weaken ourselves, but, but the emphasis, right? If I don't go ahead and kind of switch the emphasis a little bit and switch the focus a little bit away from the goof, away from the... Not, not, I want to be clear, not in an ascetic way. Remember again, the Piaget is the Hasidic Shereba. One of the beautiful things that the Baal Shem Tev highlighted was the idea, was the idea that HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not want you to be an ascetic. There's a famous Misa of a chassid once came over to the Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh. He actually told about a couple of different Rebbes. came over to the Baal Shem Tev HaKadosh and he told the Baal Shem Tev that he committed an Avera. And it was a doozy. It was, it was like a serious one, right? So the Baal Shem Tev said, Baal Shem Tev said, so no, so tell me, so, so what, what, what are you doing for your tshuva? So the man said, oh, I'm not doing for the tshuva. I immerse in a frozen lake every day, three times a day. I roll around in the snow without going without my clothing. You know, it's all these things to afflict myself physically. So the Baal Shem Tov said, why are you punishing your body for the decisions you made? Right? In other words, so your, your body, it's not, it's not like your body kidnapped you and did this. And, we'll say, and that, that was the Derech of the Baal Shem Tov and, and the Derech of the Hasidim, which is why Hasidus in general spoke to the masses and still to this very day does much more than other streams of thought that were much more ascetic and austere in their approach. No difference, I will say, that, you know, again, if, if we were learning certain Litvish Torah, I don't know, they're making a Lachayim before the Shir would go so well, right? But, but Lamaisa, but Lamaisa, in the Shir and Chassidus, it's perfect. It's perfect, because you think about it, what, you're going to make a Lachayim, you're going you're to make a little Lachayim before you learn Torah? Isn't that antithetical? You're trying to build in a Shama, and here you're, you're, you're literally, uh, what's the word? Um, not saturating, um, Saturate, right? Good. Saturate sounds, sounds too intense. You know, you're right. You're you're you're, you're imbibing. You're imbibing. It, it's like a stero. It's like, it's not. It's not. The body is a beautiful partner to the soul, as long as the body knows its place. See, the problem in life is the body likes to think that it is the dominant partner, right? And you know, you know, you know what the, you know what the, you know what the neshama is. The neshama like gives like sweat equity. You know, like like you know, like like shama. Okay, fine. You know, you give life and everything, but but I, I, I'm the guy who gives the money. You know, I, I, I'm the, I'm the capital partner. So the, the, that's the problem when the goof likes to portray itself as I am the dominant. I love you. You're great, but know your place. And it's our job to say no, just the opposite. Goof, you're the silent partner. Why? We'll call you when we need you. We call you when we need you. Right? You're very important because we're only. But neshama is what drives us. So therefore the Piyajatsna says, while we're birthing this new, this new model of machshava, at the same time, we're also going to have to diminish the guf. But again, I don't want anyone to get scared by that term. Because again, it's not, it's not ascetic. Diminish the guf has to do with priorities. Well, so if you think about it, how many times in life do we make decisions based on what's good physically for us? Or what feels good for us? Even though I know it's not the right spiritual decision. I know it's not the right thing, but I just can't get out of my own way. So the Piaget's thing goes on about say it's incredible. Oshe, Oshe, Vehine. Supposedly let's at least let's at least start this piece tonight. Vehine, lichora haisha Yisraeli hamaschil hapashut shalotam tamashamachshav dimyonila. Supposedly say now again. So you'll have a simple Jew, right? A simple Jew, and a simple Jew maybe never he never. He's still, he's learning the Sefer. And I will say, when he refers to the simple Jew, I, 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 again, I think about myself with this. I learned this, and I say, it all sounds beautiful. All sounds fantastic. I, I, sign me up. I want it. But yet, he says, Yishal she'il You can ask a very stark question on this, which is, Ma kol ha-charoda, charodas ha-kavot shanu charedim likras ha-machshav v'adimyon, lo tziyem u banu. Here's the problem. Says the Piyajats, okay, we finished Osdalit, we're all excited. Yeah, Machshava Tova, I'm here, birth this new Machshava. 
what exactly does it look like? In other words, and, and, and how, how, am I, how am I using this machshava? Because Rabbi say, if machshava is not intellect, which we've established, right? Machshava is not intellect. So if it's not intellect, then what is it? Then what is it? Rabbi say, here's fascinating. If I were to ask you, if it's not intellect, what is it? What is it? Emotion. Emotion. Good. What else could it be? Right? Hashem awareness. So that we know, right? That's our definition. That's our definition. I'm saying, I, I can give that definition. I don't know what Hashem awareness means yet. So how am I defining machshava? So we've got, a, we've got emotion. What else? Imagination. So I will say, this is interesting. So the Piagetzna says, most people, when they're reading this, assume that machshava means imagination, which, by the way, makes sense with God awareness also, because what's God awareness? What's God awareness? And as I will say, Sometimes I could tangibly feel like Kaddish Baruch other times I can't. So I think that God awareness means that even when I don't necessarily feel Him, I use my power of imagination to somehow imagine myself in His presence. To ma- so the Mishnah says, well, here's the problem when it comes to imagination. Both like, what's the problem with imagination? What's the problem? Absolutely. 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 What else? Oh, so the problem with imagination is most people don't have it. <laughs> most people don't have imagination, which is why I both say why most people don't really accomplish all that much more than going to work and coming home from work and paying their bills and buying a house and having a, which which are all nice things. A, which is all nice things. What 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 about what about like bigger things in life? What 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 about, is 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 there more? I never even think about more. Well, why not? I don't know. I just never thought about it. Because we'll say most people, most of us, don't possess real imagination. And by the way, when we do utilize our <coughs> imagination, we use our imagination for totally wrong things, right? How, how do how do we use our how do we use our imagination in like a wrongful way, right? Daydreaming, or to say a little bit differently, we use the clock of imagination to create an escape from reality. I say it's it's an it's an amazing amazing thing. Like if, if you drill down, if you drill down, in the world of addictions, right? Or or, or even not in the world of addictions. You know, th- there's so many illicit things that and are, that are just like in in arm's reach, right? That everything is accessible to us. And yet, I know that things are wrong. I know that things shouldn't be done. But yet, so often we're drawn to things. And deep down, I'll say whether they realize it or not, it's because these things represent an escape. So I can use imagination, but my imagination is often not used in terms of how to build my life better. My imagination is often used to allow me to just to escape from what is so I don't have to deal with it. I, I, I don't want to have to confront my, for whatever the reason, for whatever the reason, my reality is too stressful, my reality is too difficult, I don't like my life, whatever it might be. So instead of using an imagination to say, well, let me imagine what life could be. Let me imagine what it could be, and let me go, and let, let me work towards that. Instead, I just construct different things that I could run away from. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really running to anything. I'm running from something. So the Piaget says something amazing. He says, "Here's the problem: Machshava often means imagination, or people think it means imagination. And what am I supposed to imagine? Look what he writes: Ula izet avahim mucharim, rach lachshov ladamos tsuras eitz va'even." So I guess I could imagine stuff. I don't know. I could imagine, you know, I want to put an addition on my house. I could imagine, like, what that looks like. You know, you know, the, you know, the, whatever, whatever else there might be. Right? I, I could imagine, like, eights of Evans. Like, I could imagine stuff. In other words, and more of that, what the Piazzetta says is, my imagination doesn't really work in the spiritual realm. Right? My imagination works in the realm of physicality. So, you know, I, I could imagine, like, when I have a stressful day, like, you know, you know what, what that beach looks like that I want to be at, where no one else, like, I can imagine physical stuff, but spiritual things, I don't, I don't know that I could really imagine those things. Umaya, he goes on, he says, I feel We'll say, listen to this, even when we daven, even when we daven, remember again, and when we daven, we are lifne asher, remember again, Shmona Esrei, Shmona Esrei is a dialogue with the divine. I'm literally lifne Hashem. I take my three steps back, my three steps forward, and I am entering into the presence of Hashem. I am literally having a conversation with the Melech Malchem Lachem, the King of Kings. Shafilu im machshav im machshavasenu chazaka as v'rotzim anu lachshav machshav alokis gam kein chasra lanu ma lachshav. So I say it's interesting. 
if you ask a person, what are you imagining during your Shemona Esrei? Well, first of all, probably don't ask most people that question. Right? Probably not a good idea. Right? I'll say, but you ask a person, right? What do you imagine? So we'll say, even often if I'm davening with Kavana, so often what I'm imagining is what? Well, sometimes I'm not using my imagination at all. I'm, I'm using my mind. I'm using my intellect. And if I am imagining, I'm imagining, again, the articulation of my petitions with Kavana, with understanding, with deep felt. Do I, do I imagine a construct in which I am standing before the Rebano Shalom. So again, so the Piaget says something amazing. He says, listen to this. He says, There's what's interesting. So you say, sure, I imagine myself standing before God. Here's the problem, Bosei. What does that mean? So you imagine like, like an old man on a throne sitting in front of you. It sounds great. There's only one problem. It's a biblical prohibition to imagine God. Only small detail, right? In other words, let's say, so going ahead and imagining HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a physical form, essentially, again, like in a, in a physical form, he writes over here, So let's say, so again, so to imagine HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a physical being and to see myself physically before a physical God, that is prohibited. On the other hand, Oladamos v'lachshav tzura page fifteen. Oladamos tzura ruchnis mufshita me'olamazeh ein machshavto mochshravi chola. All right, so both say so. If if I'm not imagining God as as and by the way, I want to point out something interesting. So the Rambam says that in general, this is what, what, one of the one of the thirteen principles of faith that a kaddish baruch who has no physical form, no physical form, and ascribing physical form to God, the Rambam says is also is prohibited. What I will point out to you is something very interesting, which is, if you notice, there are two occasions where HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed His presence to Cloud Yisrael. Right? What were the two occasions? Yamsuf and Har Sinai. In both of those situations, by Yamsuf the Medrash says that the Ribbono Shal Olam appeared to Cloud Yisrael as a young, valiant warrior. And at Har Sinai, He appeared to them as a wizened old man. So I just want to point out something very interesting, that the Ribbono Shal Olam, in two mass revelations, did not, not take on physical form, because that would be heretical. That's not true. Hashemur doesn't do that. But he did somehow present an image, present an image that Kalal Yisrael saw. Now understand, that's because we were theologically immature. Right? That was because we, 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 had, we had no, like, ruchnias fortitude. Like, we, did, we didn't have anything. So how do you get a people who, have, who, who don't understand HaKadosh Baruch, who don't understand religion, don't understand, so that you have to give them something to relate to. But that was what we call, like, a hora'asha. And that's a good English translation of hora'asha. Um, like a temporary emergency dispensation. You know, so God made his own temporary emergency dispensation. But in general, says, says the Piazhentsna, when imagining Hashem, I don't imagine Hashem with physical form. Okay, so if I'm not imagining Hashem with physical form, then what? So to imagine Hashem as a spiritual being, totally removed from anything physical, most of us are not yet equipped to be able to do that. I, I, I don't understand what that means. Now, I will say, the truth is, we do understand what it means, and I'll tell you why. What he means, we're not, we don't understand what it means on a consistent basis. I will say, every, I, I would hope, and I would venture to say, that every single one of us has had, hopefully, at least one moment in life, hopefully many, many more than one, where you felt the presence of the Ribbono Shalom. I felt it. And if somebody were to ask you to describe it, you wouldn't be able to describe it. You can't describe it. But you felt it. We, we, and again, all of us, for some of us, it's times of simcha. For some of us, it's times of incredible adversity and difficulty. Or for some of us, it's just in the middle of something that doesn't even feel all that holy. You, you feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You feel Him. So the Piazetzna says, the problem is, we'll say, very often, how does that feeling occur? How does it occur? Drinking. Right, drinking. <laughs> Spoken like a true bacher. Like a true bacher. That was Noam Schoenfeld. Noam Schoenfeld. We'll send that to your parents. Like, so, so, uh, so I'll tell you something interesting. I'll tell you something fascinating. Okay, I wasn't going to say drinking, but maybe like a, right, the number one of the family few thing, right? Drinking, right? Like, so so I, I, I think more often than not, 
when that happens, when that happens, how does it happen? It happens. I'm not. I don't. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Not, not spontaneously, but um, unannounced. Unannounced. It just like it. It. It, it happens. It. Ha- I didn't plan for it. Right. It's not like I went to the mikvah. I said it's safe for Tehillim. Rebbeinu I'm ready. I'm ready. Usually, what just happens is it just happens. It just happens. Shabbos say, which is such a fascinating thing, because what the Piagetsna is saying is, see, so I, I know what he's talking about. I know it because I felt it, but I don't know that I've actually ever been able to bring it on. So I've experienced it happening to me. But says the Piagetsna, the difficulty is if now, right? Let's say I'm going to dive in, and now, okay. I want to have this machshava experience of feeling in the presence of Hashem. <laughs> okay? Any, any minute. Right? Any minute. Meanwhile, by the way, the Chazan's already up to a Valetzion, right? right, right. Any, 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 any minute. Any minute now. It's coming. I feel it. I feel it. It's coming. So I'll say, that's the difficulty. Says if you, I will say, by the way, not now. Now, by the way, you know what we're working towards. Because it will say, think back to that moment in your life where you felt blanketed by the Ribbono Shalom's presence. Think about that moment and how that felt. And what it means to be a Ben Machshava Tova is the ability to create that feeling at all times. Now again, it doesn't mean it has the same intensity at all times. That, that, that we know. But a level of God awareness. That's what it means, God awareness. I'm, I feel in the presence of Hashem. I feel the Ribbono Shal Olam's arms around me. I feel, I feel, I feel his hand in mine leading me down the right path. I feel it. I feel it. That's what it means to be a Ben Machshav Tov. But the challenge, now, now, we have, now I got it. Now I got it. The challenge is, I know exactly what he's talking about. But yet, despite my best efforts, I can never induce that feeling. That feeling seems to just come at me in different situations in life. But when I try to recreate, let's say, I think I mentioned this before. A couple years ago, I, I, I had a, a very difficult life situation that, that was really like causing me incredible pain. And, and it was one of the most, it was a very hard time in my life. But it was also like one of the best times of Ruchnius. I remember like, it was, it was like a, a crisis. I was walking around with the Sefer Tehillim the whole day. The whole day. And like literally, whenever I had a minute, like I would just open up. Because I, it, was, it was a situation where I could do nothing about. I was profoundly helpless. Profoundly helpless. And when I was finally willing to accept that I'm absolutely helpless. I, I, and I took, it's, sometimes it's hard because I'm, I'm like a shtickled micromanager and like this and that and that. So, so to, to admit, yeah. I know, I know, I know. Right. So, so, so thank you, thank you. Right. So, so, so to, to admit first I'm not in control and then to yield back control, but then to know like, who's got me? He's got me. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I, 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 I don't know what's going to be, I don't know how it's going to resolve. And let's say, and I will tell you like, it was one of the best periods of Ruchnius in my life. And, I tried so many times to go ahead and recreate it, and I've been unable to. Unable to. To the point, and now it sounds strange, because you never think to yourself, wow, like, I'm looking forward to the next crisis, right? We don't want the crisis, we don't want the crisis at all. But there's something so profound in this idea that I can't recreate for myself that moment of connection that was so beautiful for me. I, I, I emerged from that crisis. It, it, it resolved, it resolved, but more than the resolution was like, I felt like I was best friends with the Ribbono Shal Olam. And I felt that like we had this bond. And I felt that like, he's got me, he's got me. And never in my life have I ever felt like that. Never in my life. And it was only a period of a couple of weeks. Never in my I can't to this day, to this day. During, during, uh, uh, on Rosh Hashanah, I can't recreate it. Nila and Yom Kippur, I can't. There are other beautiful feelings, but I can't. So again, so the Piyajasna says, this is what we're struggling with. So that's what I want. That's what I want. The problem is, how do I proactively generate that in my machshav? Let's finish the paragraph. Imkain, lama lana lahach, lechazek, lecharchibu, lechachlel, es machshav osenu. Haim, machshava vedimyon. So now, all I can really do with my imagination, 
ultimately, again, is what? Is to imagine physical things. So is that what imagination is to be used for? He says, Ulafi so we'll say the problem says the Piazetsna is that often the only way we know how to use our imagination is in the realm of physicality. And because the only way, so we'll say, so now again, see what the Piazetsna is doing is like this. If Machshava is not intellect, it's not intellect. Okay, so intellect's out. Intellect's out. It's not intellect. So what could it be? Again, so like Barker said, it could be emotion. It could be emotion. But says the Piaget's not, it's got to be more than emotion. It has to be imagination. Because my goal ultimately, again, is to feel like a son and not a servant. My goal is to feel God awareness. My goal is to feel the presence of Hashem. That's not just, that, that is emotion. But it's also imagination. <coughs> And the Piaget really gets to the core of the issue. And the problem is, Rabosai, most of us only know our imagination in the realm of the physical. And because the imagination has never been exercised in the realm of the spiritual, we don't understand how to become B'nai Machshava Tova. Narabosai, we've gotten to the crux of the issue. How do I use my imagination to cultivate a sense of Machshava, Rabosai? I'm going to leave you on the cliffhanger. I'm going to leave you on the cliffhanger. So we're going to stop over here for tonight. Yes, Rehemi. Uh, this may be a premature, but if the goal comes to have and what exactly does that mean? Yes, so remember again, so what, what definition means? So right, the, the answer is that definition is going to evolve, but the Piaget is going to say the definition of Amunah Pshuta is that you feel Hashem with you at all times in life. That's the In other words, Emunah Pshuta is God awareness. It's Shavisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid. So ultimately, again, to become a Ben Machshavatova, you need Emunah Pshuta, which is a constant and un- uninterrupted awareness of the presence of Hashem in your life. Now, what the Piazetsna is saying is okay, but how do you make that come alive? Imagination. How do I take an imagination that has been so often undersold and just used for the physical and transform it into a vehicle for spiritual advancement? I will say Mir Sashem Bishatov Mitzlachas next week. Shkaya Shkaya Shkaya. Kimachasimatov everyone. I don't know if anyone wants to we've done married before if anyone if there's another